O God of grace and mercy, we give thanks for your loving kindness shown to Betty and all your servants who, having finished their course in, in faith, now rest from their labors. Grant that we also may be faithful unto death and receive the crown of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament lesson that's selected for this service is from the book of Job, the 19th chapter. In these words, Job is looking forward to that time when he will see his Redeemer with his very own eyes at the resurrection of the dead. We hear, Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with an iron pen and lead they were engraved in the rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself. And my eyes shall behold, and not another. Oh, how my heart faints within me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second lesson is from the book of Revelation, the 21st chapter. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now we stand in honor of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to hear his words. The Holy Gospels according to St. John, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. 
Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And so they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes, and he said, Father, I thank you. I thank you that you have heard me, and I knew that you would always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, his hands and his feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text that I've selected for this message is from John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I'll take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where it is that you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is our text. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, dear family and friends of of Betty. In the two and a half short years that I have known Betty, she made it very clear to me that she wanted to go to heaven. Almost every time I went to visit her, she asked me questions like, when do you think Jesus will come for me? Why is it that God has taken everyone else and he doesn't want me? Doesn't he really want me to be with him? Betty's questions reflect the heart of a believer who longs to see her Redeemer with her very own eyes. They're the type of questions a disciple of Jesus asks who's weary of life and longs to rest in the eternal arms of her Savior. St. Paul expresses a similar sentiment as Betty when he states, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. My desire is to depart and be with Christ. For that is so much better. Betty's life, not unlike our own, was filled with trouble and heartache. She experienced the sorrow of death, the death of a daughter, the death of a husband, the death of two sons-in-law and a sister, and she experienced the death of many other family and friends. Betty struggled with phobias and anxieties. In the later years of her life, her physical health declined to the point where she was wheelchair-bound, and she felt trapped. She felt trapped in a home separated from her loved ones, which was only intensified by the mandated 
quarantines that we've experienced in the last year and a half. And she lived with insecurity. The insecurity of thinking that Jesus didn't want her. And that was often heightened by the guilt that she felt because she knew that she was a sinner worthy of God's condemnation. A life of toil and trouble is to be expected. We all live in a world that is cursed by sin. And whether we want to admit it or not, our body is cursed. Our body is cursed with sin that we, that we received when we were conceived into this world. It's an inherited disease that affects us all. And it makes our life troublesome, painful, and filled with heartache. As the psalmist observes, for all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble. They're soon gone, and then we fly away. Toil and trouble is inevitable in our life, even as our own eventual demise and our own death. But the Bible makes it clear, the wages of sin is death. Now, not all of Betty's life was filled with toil and trouble. I mean, she delighted herself in the gifts that God gave to her. I mean, she delighted in being hospitable. She loved to cook and, and provide food for all of her guests. She shared treats generously with the other residents at, the, at Valley View. And she cherished her times with her family and especially delighted herself in her grandchildren and great-grandchildren. They would lift her soul when they'd come and visit her. And I'm sure that as I speak, you can visualize those moments that you shared with Betty in which she made you laugh. Yes, she delighted in life, even as she experienced the heartache and the troubles and the perils of life. You see, for Betty, the bedrock of her life was her Lord. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus said. And Betty took Jesus' invitation to heart. Betty was baptized into the Christian faith at St. James. Not this building, but St. James. On January 3, 1935. This church was only five years old at the time. And she's been a lifelong member, really. But she was baptized into the Christian faith on January 3, 1935, and then she was later confirmed in that faith here at St. James on June 9, 1946. And there she confessed her faith, that she believed in her Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and she vowed to serve him. And serve him she did. As a believer in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Betty confessed that she was a sinner, deserving of God's damnation that she, like all the rest of us, needed Jesus as her Savior to rescue her from her own sin and from death. When I'd visit with her, she would often ask me or say to me, Pastor, I've said such terrible things to the staff and to my family. Do you think God will forgive me? Or I've th thought such dreadful things. I, I probably shouldn't have thought those thoughts. Do you think God will forgive me? You see, she lamented that it was her sin that nailed God's son, Jesus, to the cross. 
but she also trusted that Jesus' death on that cross of Calvary meant that God had forgiven her of her trespasses and sins. And I would assure her of that fact. Over the years, she had memorized the words of St. Paul, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. And so Betty relished. She, she relished the forgiveness of sins in Jesus, and, and she rejoiced in Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. She knew that the one who raised Lazarus to life and who only a short time later also rose from the dead on that first Easter morning would grant her eternal life, just as he promises to everyone who believes in him as their Savior. Taking her confirmation verse to heart, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. That's Matthew 6, 33. She would come to the divine services here at St. James to confess her sin, to hear God's word of absolution and pardon spoken or declared by her pastor. She came here to be edified by the preaching of God's word and to dine at the table of the Lord, receiving Jesus' body and blood for the forgiveness of her sins. And when she was no longer able to worship here at St. James, Betty anticipated visits from her pastor. Well, we would speak the familiar liturgy together, the liturgy that had been ingrained in her mind from years of attending worship service. And together we would confess our sins, and then I, as the pastor, had the privilege of announcing to her God's forgiveness. And then she would recite the Lord's, or the, the, the Apostles' Creed with me, and then we would recite together the Lord's Prayer. And then she would receive the sacrament. She'd receive the body and blood of Christ. And she'd hear Jesus say, this is my body and blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And the toils and the troubles of life, the weight and the guilt and the doubt of her sin were laid at the feet of Jesus. It was regrettable that the lockdowns associated with COVID prevented Betty from having these pastoral care visits. But even so, Carol would play my recorded midweek devotions and Sunday sermons over the telephone so that Betty could listen to it on the other end of the line. That's modern technology at work, right? She was also very grateful for the Bible studies and for the spiritual care provided from the Valley View staff. Not even 24 hours before she died, Carol and Betty and I celebrated Holy Communion together. Again, even in her weakened state, she spoke the Apostles' Creed. She recited the Lord's Prayer as we prayed it. And she ate the bread and the wine, the body and blood of Christ. And in her tiny, cramped room, Betty had a foretaste of the eternal feast that she now enjoys. She heard me say these words. She had heard them many times before. Having now received the true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, may you be strengthened and preserved in that one true faith unto life everlasting. May you depart in peace and with joy, for all your sins are forgiven. Family and friends, 
Betty, there are no more important words to hear in all of the earth than our Lord's announcement that our sins are forgiven. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus says. No one comes to the Father except through me. Betty believed Jesus' words. She lived her life by those words. She staked her life, even her eternal life, on those words. And her heart's desire is for all of you to believe those words too. Betty enjoyed listening to sacred Christian music. The music was a bomb for her hurting soul. The music would transport her to Golgotha, where Jesus died for her sins. It would take her to the empty tomb where she saw that Jesus had been raised from the dead. It would take her into the heavenly realms of paradise. It focused, that music focused her faith on the love that God has for her in Jesus Christ. And as Betty breathed her final breath on earth, and her first breath in heaven, the hymn, Go My Children With My Blessing, was playing in the background. One can scarcely think of a more appropriate hymn to be played as a believer in Christ breathes her final breath. We're going to sing this hymn at the end of this funeral service, but listen to verse 2 of this hymn. Go, my children, go, my child, Betty, with sins forgiven, at peace and pure. Here you learned how much I love you, what I can cure. Here it was that you heard my dear son's story. Here it was that you touched him and saw his glory. And so go, my child Betty, sins forgiven, at peace and pure. Betty died knowing that her sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ, her Savior. She died at peace and pure. She died with joy in her heart. The only words better to hear than this hymn were the words of her Savior Jesus, who at long last said to her, Betty, my child, your room is now ready. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.